Welcome to the Thyroid Fix Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Horneman, functional medicine practitioner, functional nutritionist, and thyroid and weight loss expert. We're talking all things thyroid, hormone, and health-related in order to empower, educate, and transform you. So if you're ready to get your life back, then let's get started. Hey, everyone, and welcome. Today is just kind of random. We are talking about a lot of different things, all thyroid-related, a lot of them questions that I'm getting from patients, questions that I'm seeing in the Facebook group for thyroid, and just kind of going over some thoughts that I had about even just your mental state. So we're just going to dive in and talk about a little bit of everything. So let's get ready. Are you finally at your wit's end where you are tired of dealing with doctor after doctor? Maybe you've spent thousands on integrative or functional practitioners that have not helped you at all because they don't know the thyroid and hormones. They're not even testing properly. So come work with myself and my team. We prescribe to all 50 states and parts of Canada. I have you covered. I've been building this team for years so that I could help you no matter where you are. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes, book a free application call. We're going to go over your current health situation, what worked, what hasn't worked, all the things. And then we will pair you up with the right program for you where we will do it all. You will come out the other side of the program, totally optimized, getting your life back. You're going to recognize the person you see in the mirror again. Doesn't that sound absolutely amazing? Well, it might sound... Like you don't even believe it, but I promise you, I promise you, we will take good care of you. So click the link in the show notes, book a call today, and we'll be talking to you soon. First of all, let's go over thyroid labs again, and because it really amazes me. And you might hear me say this over and over again, and I'm a firm believer that the more times that you hear something, the more it's going to stick. So I don't care if this is the 1500th time that you've heard this. Maybe you hear it in a different way. Maybe it hits you in a different way. Maybe you're in a different place in your thyroid journey that it kind of just resonates with you in a different way and you take something out of it. So labs, 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 right? When we're talking about your labs, we want to get the full picture. There are so many patients. And listen, if you are new, then this is for you too, because you are so confused and you're hearing one thing from your doctor that all we need to do is test TSH and your labs are totally normal. And I see this over and over and over again. And being in the thyroid space for so long and being a specialist, I tend to get into that mindset of, well, everybody knows that you can't go by TSH alone. Come on, everybody knows that. And, and oh, everybody knows all the labs that you have to get. And everybody knows that you don't want to be on T4 only. Come on. I'm brought back down to reality when I see the questions posted in different Facebook groups. And a lot of times just from new people. And that's okay. This is a new journey for you. That's okay. Where they're still asking about, well, what is this? I was told my TSH is normal. And, and that's all my doctor did. And what does this mean? And I'm still suffering with hair loss and fatigue and I can't lose weight. And I have this brain fog that's crazy, but I'm so frustrated because I keep getting told that I'm normal. So let's come back. Let's come back to the labs. Let's come back to TSH. What is it? So thyroid stimulating hormone. So we have the hypothalamus, pituitary, thyroid. 
So TSH is released from the pituitary. And a really interesting talk, and you'll hear this on the Thyroid Fix podcast, where Dr. Kylie Burton and I were going back and forth. We had a fantastic dual interview. It's going to be on both of our podcasts where we're diving into uh, a ton of different topics. But she really lays it out perfectly. She's like, you have this guy called H, and that's your hypothalamus. And then you have this guy called P, and that's the pituitary. And then you have the guy called T, and P talks to T. And doctors still think that TSH is a thyroid hormone, and it's not. It's secreted by the pituitary to talk to the thyroid and tell it what to do. So when we're looking at TSH, first of all, we have to go back to there was this huge lab value range. I mean, did you know that, I don't know, 10 so many years ago, maybe more, that it actually went up to a 10. So it was zero to 10. You were not even looked at as possibly hypothyroid until it crested 10. Can you imagine walking around with a TSH of a six or a five or a four? For me, I can't even imagine walking around with TSH of a two. I'd feel like garbage. So that whole lab value range is so wide and vast and it was really, really big. And now it's still kind of big and we wish it was a little bit more narrow. But then we can't just go by TSH alone because, again, it's not a thyroid hormone. So what are the thyroid hormones? T4, T3. That's why we like to look at your free T3 and your free T4. I can't tell you the amount of patients that send me their labs. Maybe it's the first time that we're meeting. We're getting everything down. We're moving into phase one of this whole transformation. And I'm looking at the labs and I go, well, yeah, I had, T I had T3 done. And it's T3 total. And it's not the free. So even if they ask, even if they they get my basic foundational labs that I want to see before we meet and they ask their doctor to run them because they're confident that their doctor will do so, they will come back with a total T3. Not enough information. A little bit of information. Uh, you know, if it comes back in the basement, then that's a huge red flag for me because if you don't have enough total, you're not going to have enough free. But free is the unbound thyroid hormone and T3 is the active. So all of your cells in your body have a receptor site on them for T3. We need that free T3 to get the full picture of what is going on with you. Now, my advanced people, hang in there with me. We're going we're gonna to move on from this. We're, we're random talking today about a bunch of different things. But I really felt the need to go back to the basics because there's a lot of new people out there. There's a lot of people that are undiagnosed or misdiagnosed or you're stuck on T4 and you're listening to this and you're going, well, you know, I have this TSH test and my doctor said that that tested my thyroid. And he said, you know, he, she said, everything was normal. Everything's fine. It's all good. And then we look further and we go, well, yeah, but you don't even have the most important test done. You don't even have free T3. Oh, look, you don't even have reverse T3. Oh, look, they did one antibody out of two. If you're lucky that you got the antibodies, they did TPO, but they didn't do TPO and TJ. So let's go back to the drawing board and get every single thyroid test done. Let's get every single one so we get that full picture. And then let's break out into all the different things that, that can affect it. So again, going back to my conversation with Kylie today, we start talking about well, what if reverse T3 is low? She asked me, how many patients do I see with low reverse T3? You know, I really don't see that many, except if you're on T3 only. So think about it. The only thing that converts to reverse is T4. So if you're one of those patients that are put on 137 micrograms of T4, 
and your doctor just keeps upping, 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 upping your dose of T4, which in and of itself is a red flag, by the way. If you keep increasing your T4 and you're not feeling better, it's a big red flag. But you, your doctor keeps increasing the T4, and the only thing that converts to reverse T3 is T4. So if that reverse is not tested, we don't know how you're converting. And then on top of that, we really have to look at all the other factors. So what about what interferes with conversion? High insulin, high estrogen, low iron. You know how many of you are anemic? Oh, by the way, you know how many of you are tested for iron, but your ferritin's never tested? You're only getting total iron, TIBC, and percent sat. Not even getting that ferritin. And ladies, the ferritin's important for your hair. We need that. So we have to look at all those cofactors. We have to look at your white blood cell count for infections. I like to do an EBV panel. Even if it comes back dormant, let's find out if you have that dormant Epstein-Barr virus, which honestly, 90 to 95% of Hashimoto patients have Epstein-Barr. By the way, you might not ever have known that you had mono. It might have been a really, really bad cold when you were like 12 or 18 or whatever in college, and you just didn't even know. It's not like you're going to go to the hospital and get tested for mono. Some of you know, I have had patients that come back and go, oh, yeah, I have mono. Devin, well, then you have EBV. Guess what? Congratulations, you have EBV. But let's test for that. Let's test for Lyme. Let's see if there's just that low-grade infection that's driving inflammation, that's, that's knocking down your thyroid, that's bumping up the, the reverse T3, that's totally getting in the way of your thyroid functioning properly. Let's check all that, right? And then let's make sure, well, let's check to see if you have Hashimoto's. Not that it really makes treatment any different, by the way. And we've said this before, you cannot base your success or your progress on your antibodies. So please do not, this is, the antibodies are not a scale. I don't even like you stepping on a scale anyways, if you're trying to lose weight, but we'll use that analogy, right? We all grew up, most of us here listening grew up in the 80s and 90s. We were stepping on the scale to see whether or not we were doing good. If the scale went down, it was a good day. If the scale went up, it was a bad day. Do not treat your antibodies like you're stepping on a scale. If the antibodies go up for some reason during your next blood test, it does not necessarily mean that you're getting worse. I say block those out and ask yourself how you feel. Are you getting better? Are your clothes fitting better? Is that brain fog lifting? Do you have more concentration? Do you have a little bit more energy? Do you feel like life is coming back in your body? Are you pooping every day? You're not constipated. Yay. So all of those symptoms are going to give you feedback and give me feedback if we're working together, whether or not you are progressing, not the antibodies. So we're not just going to look and say, okay, well, my antibodies went from... 500 to 1200. I must be getting worse. And the opposite, we can't necessarily say, well, my antibodies went from 2000 down to 500. And so I'm getting better. Yeah. I mean, Hey, you're doing some things, right? Maybe you removed gluten. Maybe you just lowered your inflammation, did some gut healing to lower the antibodies. But if you hit them on a bad day, antibodies fluctuate. So you cannot base your success on your antibodies alone. But we do still like to test the antibodies, we like to test the reverse, we went over that. Uh, free T4, I like to take a peek at it. I mean, total T4, not really important whatsoever. 
Free T4, definitely like to look at it, especially if you're on T4 medication. For my T3 only peeps, don't be surprised if your free T4 drops. It's going to drop. If you're not putting in T4, and let's say, I'll give you a scenario. Let's say you have Hashimoto's. Your thyroid slowly being destroyed. Obviously, it's not producing T4 and T3 like it once used to. And you're just getting the, those itty bitty amounts of T4, right? You're not taking it. Your thyroid just producing a little bit. Don't be shocked if you get a 0. 0.7, 0. 0.6 in your free T4. But if your free T3 is good and your reverse T3 is good and you feel good and you're not sitting there telling me that you're still anxious and you can't sleep and you're gaining weight and you're tired and your hair's falling out, then we don't really care about that free T4 over here. Don't really care about it. We can get enough of the picture of looking at the other numbers and then looking at you as a whole person and asking you how you feel, you know, there's that. So those are thyroid labs. Wanted to touch on it because it's so, like I said, so many people are new. They're just starting off. They're, they're coming in with just TSH done and that's not going to give us enough. And by the way, my partial thyroidectomy and total thyroidectomy people, you can't use TSH really pretty much at all. And if your doctor is only relying on TSH, I want you to buy them a medical textbook and take it in. Because if we look at basic physiology, remember H talks to P, talks to T. If P doesn't have anybody to talk to, what the hell is the point of TSH? We don't need it. We don't even need it. It's, It's kind of irrelevant. I mean, if for some reason, let's say you had a total thyroidectomy, because of cancer, and we're, we're trying to keep that TSH suppressed to avoid tissue regrowth, and yeah, let's look at it. I don't, I don't want to see that coming back high. That's a red flag. But we can't dose your medication based on it. We can't call you hyperthyroid because it's suppressed, and that's what we're trying to do. So let's go back to basic physiology. Okay. Other things to think about, just random thoughts, random thoughts, random thoughts. Oh, no, just a little tip. So this is from Kylie as well. Did you know, I did not know this, that the 50 micrograms of Levo have no fillers in them. So here we are, we're trying to avoid the fillers and we're asking our doctor for tyrosine, that's pure, and then we're going into tyrosine soul. The 50 micro, now there's, watch, there's going to be a run on 50 micrograms of Levo and we're going to like run out across the nation. 50, the 50 microgram actually has no fillers in it. So if you're on 25s, cut them in half. If you're on 100, take 250s. That's really going to solve a lot of problems with the fillers and people reacting to them. We have a lot of people, I have a lot of patients that react to T4 and their hair ends up falling out because of the generic T4. Do I like brand over generic? Yeah, all day long. But if you have to be on the generic, Maybe your doctor won't write for it. Maybe your insurance company won't cover it. Then go for the 50 of Levo. That's my little tip for you today. You're very welcome. If you're waking up at 2 a.m., chances are pretty good, and this is tied into the thyroid as well, chances are pretty good that your blood sugar is on a roller coaster. It's either that or liver. So here's what happens. If you're eating a ton of carbs and sugar and processed food, and your blood sugar is just on that up and down roller coaster, high, then low, then high, then low. What normally ends up happening is that the blood sugar will spike before you go to bed. Even if if you eat a garbage dinner and there's hours 
before you go to bed or if you eat a garbage snack at night and then you go to bed, your blood sugar will spike and eventually it will crash. And it normally crashes right around that like 1 to 3 a.m. time. And so I'm kind of choosing 2 a.m. That's when we see a lot of people wake up. That is your blood sugar crashing. You're dipping into a low. Now, remember, your body's really, really smart. It's going to alert you. It's going to wake you up if your blood sugar drops too low because that's not a good thing. And it's waking you up basically to tell you to go to the kitchen and eat something or just to basically protect you from going into a hypoglycemic state in your sleep. It's your body protecting you. So you could be looking at blood sugar dysregulation, get your insulin tested, make sure it's below a six, get your A1C tested. We really like it at like a five, 5.1, just to make sure that you don't have insulin resistance. And if you are looking at your glucose, then we really want that below an 86, but that doesn't really tell the whole story. I've been seeing a lot of patients come back with really elevated insulin but the glucose is coming in 87, 88. It looks really pretty on paper, but that insulin is through the roof. And remember, your insulin might not be flagged. It might You might not get that little H or the L next to the insulin, but in functional medicine terms, we want it below a six. Above a six, insulin resistance. Really, really, really high, you're just kind of walking that line of type 2 diabetes. So we want to reel that in. You guys all know my favorite is berberine for that. Berberine, berberine. So I've talked about that in other episodes. We can link to the other episodes in the show notes. Berberine does just such a beautiful job at balancing out those highs and lows. You get this nice wave-like pattern and then you're not waking up. The other thing that wakes people up at that time of night is liver. Liver detoxification. Don't think of it as a big detox thing, you know, there are, there are colon cleanses. Those are just poopers. They're going to just going to make you go. They're not a detox. There are very expensive programs. We just want to support the liver. Now, if your liver enzymes are high, we have to look at environmental things. What are you doing? What are you putting on your body? All that. Dr. Kylie and I go into that as well. Look at your products. Get rid of the BPA. Everything has to be processed through the liver. If you have high estrogen, guess what? Probably a problem with your liver. If you're in estrogen dominance, that's going to get in the way of T4 to T3 conversion. Probably an issue with your liver. Or you might need progesterone. But going back to the liver, let's detox that a little bit. Support it. Detox it. Let's check that out if you're waking up at 2 a.m. Because that could be a huge, huge, huge factor. Now, if you're tired at 2 p.m., which many of you are, just saw a question today about that, crashing at 2 p.m. I cannot tell you how many patients come to me on T4, T3 or on, I just had this last week, 90 milligrams of armor, and they are never, ever, ever told to split dose it. So they're taking this big bomb of T3 in the morning, and they feel great all the way up till about 2 p.m., and then they crash, And they get super tired. Like, why am I so tired at 2 p.m.? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you should be split dosing your your T3. Take it. And you can multi-dose T3. So if you're on armor, cut it in half, split it up. Take 30, 30, 30. If you have 30 milligrams, split that up. Whatever is convenient for you and works for you. And when you're working with a practitioner, whatever they figure out. But do not, don't not split your T3. So if you are taking T3 separate, Cytomel, Leo, You can split that up three, four times a day. 
You can split it up twice a day. Twice a day dosing works for me too. So if you notice that you are always tanking at, let's say, let's say 2, 2 p.m., then take it at 1 p.m. Take your second dose at 1 p.m. That T3 will be working all the way through. And then, hey, if you get tired at 5 or 6, welcome to life. I mean, that's called being human. That's just normal. I don't care if you're getting tired at 5 or 6. That's that's you working through your day and living a life. And just like all of us, we kind of hit a wall at 5 or 6 p.m. It's time to chill out, watch some Netflix. But if you're getting tired at in the earlier stages of the afternoon, then we might want to look at are you dosing things correctly? And we come back to your blood sugar. So are you high and low, high and low? If you're going up and down on this roller coaster, you might want to balance that out because wherever there's a high, there's an equal and opposite low. If you're eating like garbage, if you have insulin resistance and you're not taking care of it, you're going to spike high and drop down low. In that low, just like we talked about in the middle of the night, in that low, your body is really, really smart. It's going to urge you to go eat some more. So you're going to get tired. You're going to get hangry. You're going to crave carbs and sugar. The body is smart. So if you are hitting that wall at 1.30 or 2 p.m., check your blood sugar too because if you're on that roller coaster, you might be on the down the downslope on the bottom of the roller coaster in that valley at 2 p.m. and you're just crashing at your blood sugar crash. So sometimes I'll tell people, I'll tell my patients to go get a glucometer, super cheap at Walmart, and just test. I mean, we don't want you to get crazy with it. We don't want you testing 10 times a day, but test in the afternoon when you crash or whenever you crash, when you feel that abnormal kind of crash, go ahead and test and see if you're super low, if you're in a hypoglycemic state, or see if you're super high. Maybe you test your blood sugar three minutes after your lunch, and then an hour after, and then two hours after, and see if that comes down again. See if you if you end up staying super high from that blood sugar spike. It'll be interesting, interesting feedback for you. Okay, a lot of people ask me about food and low carb. So kind of going on that whole topic of blood sugar and insulin resistance and type 2 diabetes, we have to talk about food. If you have insulin resistance, you're going to have to pull your carbs down a little bit. Now, I know there's a lot of talk in the thyroid community about staying low carb for too long. And actually, I agree. You don't want to stay low carb for too long. You do not. Because eventually, if you were to do that, for long, 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 long periods of time, it could tank your T3. Now, most people in the low-carb world, if you're my patient, you come out of it. You know, you just naturally do. You're you're out. You're going to have, you know, a bun with your burger. You're going to have a sweet potato. Summer's going to come. You're going to have some fruit. You're naturally going to bring yourself out of it instead of staying in that really low state for a long, long, long period of time. Unless you are a super obsessed OCD orthorexic who just obsesses about staying under a certain gram of carbohydrates every single day, and if you go over that, you're beating yourself up and whipping yourself, and your whole day is destroyed. And it shouldn't be that way. That's going to lead us into mindset. But it should not be that way. You shouldn't be so obsessed with food and what goes in your mouth that you're tracking, tracking, tracking. And oh my gosh, it's a horrible day if you go over. It's okay to come out of it. If you're insulin resistant, type 2 diabetic, 
I would definitely stay low carb because let's think about it. The carbs are what causes inflammation or what sends your blood sugar on a roller coaster. When you're eating bread and pasta and processed foods and cookies and cakes and pies and chips and pretzels, all of that is going to spike your insulin. Again, high insulin, high inflammation, interference with T4 to T3 conversion, neurological conditions, you're going to age quicker. I would say if you really want to age fast, keep your insulin high. You'll have like neurodegenerative disease in, in no time and you'll have a ton of wrinkles. So that, that, that's the fastest way if, if that's your goal. But high insulin is eventually going to have that other effect of low blood sugar. You're not going to feel so good. Coming out of that low carb cycle every once in a while is just natural. If we look at going to ancestral eating, for those of you who do paleo or you follow Mark Sisson or Dave Asprey, it's that primal way of eating. If we look at what our ancestors did and what's supposed to go into our body, think about the summer. In the summer, things were abundant. Things were growing. They naturally came out of ketosis because they were eating tubers and fruit and things that were, were berries, all of that. And in the winter, it's like they had to go into almost like a carnivore ketogenic state because they didn't have access to that. They didn't have Wegmans to go to or Whole Foods to grab the frozen bag of, of broccoli. So they naturally ate more meat, more fish, fatty foods, things that would keep through the winter. So it's okay to go in and out of these states. And even if you do it through the week, so keto for the week, come out of it on the weekend, keto for the week, come out of it on the weekend. If you don't want to call it keto, do low carb, low carb through the week, come out of it on the weekend. Don't get so obsessed with numbers going to drive you crazy. But cyclical eating, ancestral eating, keto for the week eating, that's the way to go. That is that is my preferred way to go. Now, is there a right way and wrong way? Yeah. So I have a lot of patients that come to me and they go, you know, I did keto about a year ago. Oh my God, I didn't feel good. I just, I just felt like garbage all day long. I had headaches. I couldn't think. I couldn't function. Well, yeah, there's a right way and a wrong way to do it. And if you were doing this without guidance, you're not going to feel good. You are not going to feel good at all. You're going to have that brain fog. You're going to have energy crashes and you're probably going to be living on bacon, pork rinds and cheese and it's not going to work out for you. And you might even gain weight actually. So if you use a half of a, a container of heavy whipping cream, even if it's organic in your coffee every day, that's going to be a problem. That's a whole lot of dairy. You're starting the day with heavy whipping cream for goodness sake. And then you're going to add on some, some cheese and bacon and pork rinds on top of that and crust your chicken with pork rinds and Parmesan cheese. There's a right way and a wrong way to do it. There's a way to do this clean and make it enjoyable, by the way. Dive back into that in another episode where you can reach out to me and we can talk about how to do that. Just wanted to touch on that topic, though, because I get so, so many questions about food, eating, what should I do? What's the best diet? This is debated in the community, up, down, and sideways, across the board. Everybody, every practitioner, every thyroid person, every functional medicine practitioner, every weight loss guru has a different way of looking at how you should eat. And nobody's necessarily wrong. Everybody has really good different points. But if you look at the basic premise of what your body is doing, spiking insulin, insulin resistant, 
and how you have to eat to heal that, it just kind of makes sense. And then when you pair that up with Hashimoto's, which we often see, insulin resistance and Hashi, insulin resistance and hypo go hand in hand. And we have to lower that inflammation down in order for your thyroid to work better. Doing that requires pulling out the high inflammatory foods. So I said we were going to transition into mindset a little bit. You know, I really believe, and I've heard this again in the Facebook groups, even from some of my patients, that they're just never going to get better. So hope is gone, right? That's why I have a little hope sign behind me because I think that's where you have to start. You have to start with knowing that things can change, knowing that things can be the way they once were or better. So I heard this interesting quote yesterday and I wrote it down. Things happen for you, not to you. I'll take a minute and think about that. You might be sitting there thinking, there is no way that this thyroid problem, this Hashimoto's, this disease, this disorder is happening for me. No, it's happening to me. I have to deal with this and look for answers and be told I'm normal and get stuck on this medication. This is happening to me, but maybe it's actually happening for you. Look at it this way. 25 years ago, I put on 20 plus pounds, was fatigued, losing my hair, was busting my ass getting ready for a fitness competition. At that time, I was pretty sure that things were happening to me and it wasn't fair. And I went through so many, it's not fair stages, so many in and out of them almost where I would, I would look at Susie Q over there and well, she can eat an apple a day and she can do that, that nutrition plan that's in Muscle and Fitness Hers magazine. And she doesn't have to do an hour of cardio. No, this is back in the day. We're not doing an hour of cardio now. And I thought, this is just not fair. It's not fair. And so I would start eating, you know, an apple a day and going higher carb and low fat and doing everything that Susie Q without a thyroid condition was doing. And then it would backfire. And then I would get pissed. And I would think things are happening to me again. And it's not fair. And just cycling through that mindset until years later, and sometimes we don't figure it out until years later, that that actually happened for me because now I'm here with you. And we're getting a lot of people their lives back. And all of that experience was for me. So how can you, and I know a lot of you on here, the admins of the Facebook groups, this happened for you, not to you, because now you're passing it on to so many people that are so grateful for that answer that you give for that smidge of information, for that glimmer of hope, for your experience, for your story. Because every story that these newbies hear, every story that somebody coming in who's been suffering for 10 years, maybe they're not a brand new newbie, just diagnosed, maybe they've been dealing with this for 10, 20 years, and they're definitely thinking this is happening to me, not for me. This is, this is a burden that has been put on me. It's not fair what's going on. I would trade anything to get out of this mess. My life is hell. I can't think. I have no energy to spend time with my family. I can't take care of the house. I can't even get out of freaking bed to go to work. And they are in, they're in a state of things happening to them. But you who've been through it, the admins, the supporters, everybody answering questions, anybody that's been through this and has reached the other side, and can grab the hand of somebody that's still suffering, 
this has happened for you so you can pass it on and help somebody else. I have the blessed opportunity to help a lot of people, a lot, but doesn't matter. Number doesn't matter if you can help one person. If, if you're not even on Facebook and you can help your neighbor who is like, hey, Mary, I I, I, I have this it's weird. I mean, I'm like gaining weight all of a sudden. I stepped on the scale, I'm 20 pounds heavier. And I'm tired all day long. I have no idea. And I got these clumps of hair coming out in the shower, into the sink. And you can guide her to get the right labs done, to find the right practitioner that will listen, to look at her as a whole person, to get her on the right treatment plan, to fix her thyroid. Then this happened for you, not to you, because you had the opportunity to help one other person and make an impact in the world. The other quote that I heard that I want to talk about, because your mental state is so important. If you live in a negative mental state, your body will show it. It will hurt. It will be inflamed. What's up here in your head is driving functions in your body. Now, this is scientific proof. I have said this on many, many, many a podcast when I've been interviewed, that if you would have asked me years ago about meditation, I would have said that's a bunch of foo-foo. If you show me scientific results, if you show me that meditation can actually have a biological impact on the body and change, downregulate cortisol, change our stress response, lower inflammation, improve our neurotransmitters, improve our mood, increase serotonin, help our sleep. When I see that in scientific terms, then I'm in. I'm all in. So the same thing with your mental status, with your mindset right now, whatever it is, is going to affect your body. You might feel it today. In an hour, maybe you'll get a headache. Maybe your joints will hurt. You might feel it tomorrow. You might feel it six months from now if you continue down this path. If you don't have hope and you think that you're stuck and you think that this is how life is going to be, you're going to stay in that negative, negative mindset, the it's not fair mindset, the this happened to me, not for me mindset, and you're going to get worse. It's part of my tough love. This is why you love me though, because I just give it to you straight, right? So another quote I heard was, Life, but we can also put thyroid in there, is a combination lock. In the right order, you can have anything you want, but many of us are missing one or two numbers. Okay, I'm going to say that again. Life, or we can say the thyroid is a combination lock. So in the right order, you can get in. In the right order, you can have anything you want. But so many of us are just missing one or two numbers in that combination lock. We can't open it up. We can't get to what's inside. We can't open up the possibilities and the vibrancy and the health and the feeling good and the weight loss and the lifting of the brain fog and the more energy. We're just missing a couple of components. And we talked a lot about that today in the beginning, you know, labs and, and checking this and checking that and balancing out and what to look at and, and, and what to eat and what to not eat. Those are some of the components. Those are some of the numbers, but it just might take you to take the next step to find out what those couple numbers are that you're missing. And then once you have it, that's it. Like the light goes on, life comes back. You can have anything that you want. I promise you, sometimes it's the smallest thing. I have so many patients that come to me and they'll say, I must be your toughest patient. I bet you never saw anything like me. Oh my God, I see this every day. You're you're just like Mary and Sue and, and Kristen and Angela. 
You're just like all of them. You're not the worst off I've ever seen. So you have to have that hope. Things can change. You're not the worst point ever. Just find those missing one or two numbers and you can have anything that you want. This is happening for you, not to you. So yes, hodgepodge of a bunch of of information today, but I hope it helps. If it progresses you one little step, then that's all I care about. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, please share this episode and check out the entire Thyroid Fix podcast on iTunes, and it would be awesome if you left a review. And just a reminder that anything you hear on this podcast is not intended to diagnose or treat, so you always want to check with your doctor about any advice given on this podcast. And if you would like to schedule a discovery call, please refer to the show notes for all the links. Everything that we talk about in this podcast will be in there with a guide for you on how you can get your life back. Let's get fixed.